ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله so now on this chapter regarding التطير the chapter regarding the superstitions so this particular chapter bab ma jaa fi tatayyur the chapter regarding what has been mentioned regarding the superstitions the evil omens how they used to believe that certain types of movements of the birds can indicate good luck or it can indicate bad luck or it can indicate optimism for them or pessimism So for example they would throw the stone into the tree if the birds flew out to the right they would say that is optimism go out and do your affairs today there will be good luck but if the birds flew out to the left they would say that this is something to indicate pessimism that today your affairs will not be good there will be bad luck so do not go outside and do not engage in the activities etc So then from the narrations of this particular chapter uh, the first ayah that is mentioned or the sheikh first he mentions as an introduction hadhihi aqida jahiliya this is an aqida that they used to hold in jahiliya these types of omens and superstitions bal innahu mawjudun fil umam al qadima this is something which used to exist in the old nations and we mentioned previously how even at the time of pharaoh they used to believe that these omens existed and so they used to have superstitions surrounding Musa alayhi salam that if something good came to them they would say uh, or if something bad came to them they would say that this is attributable to Musa alayhi salam and to the believers who are with him so even they used to consider or used to have these suspicions of omens and of the like Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here ala inma ta'iruhum 'inda Allah walakinna aktharahum la ya'lamun Translation of the ayah is The first ayah of the chapter ala inma ta'iruhum 'inda Allah walakinna aktharahum la ya'lamun So unquestionably their fortune is with Allah but many of them do not know their fortune is with Allah but many of them do not know this particular ayah is the first ayah that the sheikh mentions in this particular chapter and this particular ayah He mentions it after having spoken about the issue of Musa alayhi salam how those people they used to consider that Musa alayhi salam had omens attached to him good and bad and similarly now <coughs> there are examples from other nations too so the sheikh says similarly Thamud the people of Thamud they used to have omens associated to salih alayhi salam 
when he gave them da'wah and he called them to the truth, then they had omens and superstitions surrounding him, that they used to believe certain good luck and bad luck was associated to him. وَكَذَلِكَ أَهْلُ الْقَرْيَةِ الَّذِينَ ذَكَرَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي سُورَةِ يَاسِينَ And similarly the people of the village whom Allah mentioned in Surah Yasin, when their messengers came to them, Allah mentioned, وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا أَصْحَابَ الْقَرْيَةِ إِذْ جَاءَهَا الْمُرْسَلُونَ And mentioned this example to them of the people of the village when their messengers came to them. إِذْ أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْهِمُ اثْنَيْنِ فَكَذَّبُوهُمَا فَعَزَّزَنَا بِثَالِثٍ فَقَالُوا إِنَّا إِلَيْكُمْ مُرْسَلُونَ when the messengers, two of them were sent, and then after that the third was sent to join, or to become uh, the third of them, قَالُوا مَا أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُنَا They said, you are nothing except humans like us. وَمَا أَنزَلَ الرَّحْمَانُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِنْ أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا تَكْذِبُونَ And that Allah has revealed nothing, you are only lying. قَالُوا رَبُّنَا يَعْلَمُ إِنَّا إِلَيْكُمْ لَمُرْسَلُونَ They said, indeed, your Lord, or our Lord, our Lord knows that indeed we have been sent to you as messengers. وَمَا عَلَيْنَا إِلَّا الْبَلَاهُ الْمُبِينَ And there is nothing upon us except to disseminate this knowledge to you. قَالُوا إِنَّا تَطَيَّرْنَا بِكُمْ They said, we take omens via you. Meaning that we take pessimism via you. يَعَنِي تَشَاءَمْنَا بِكُمْ وَمَا جِئْتُمُونَا بِخَيْرٍ that you have not come with goodness to us. لَإِن لَمْ تَنْتَهُوا لَنَرْجُمَنَّكُمْ وَلَيَمَسَّنَّكُمْ مِنَّا عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ They said to them, the people said to their prophets, <coughs> that we have these omens surrounding you, we take pessimism from you. That if you do not stop, then surely we will stone you and we will harm you with a great punishment. So these types of omens and these types of suspicions, they used to have them, Regarding the prophets and the messengers, they used to have them at the time of Musa alayhi salam, with Musa alayhi salam, they used to have them with the other prophets and messengers, and hence this ayah, the shaykh, he quotes it to say, that their fortune, what occurs to them, whatever is decreed for them, that is with Allah. It is not upon these omens and superstitions and optimism and pessimism that they used to take with regards to the prophets and the messengers. So the mushrikun, even the mushrikun, <coughs> they used to have these types of omens and pessimism linked to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They used to consider that if something bad occurred to them, it was because of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they also had these suspicions and they also had these evil thoughts and these uh, types of omens that they had. Believing that the evil was coming to them from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this type of thing, it is an old practice. These omens and superstitions. It is an old practice that was carried out by the people in Jahiliyyah. In the times of various prophets and messengers. ذَكَرَهَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ عَنِ الْأُمَمِ الْكَافِرَةِ مِنْ قَوْمِ فِرْعَوْنِ وَثَمُودِ وَأَصْحَابُ يَاسِينِ وَأَهْلُ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الَّذِينَ بُعِثَ إِلَيْهِمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ so this type of omens and superstitions, it existed in the previous nations at the time of Musa salam. those people at the time of Thamud, the people of Yasin, the people of Jahiliyyah, the Mushrikeen at the time of the Prophet wasallam, who did not become Muslim. 
so all of these people used to have these types of omens and superstitions that they believed in. Then the second ayah is the same. قَالُوا طَائِرُكُمْ مَعَكُمْ أَإِنْ ذُكِّرْتُمْ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ مُسْرِفُونَ That ayah is indicating the same meaning of how these individuals used to have these superstitions, but rather it is being told to them, your fortune is not linked to those superstitions and omens. قَالُوا طَائِرُكُمْ مَعَكُمْ أَإِنْ ذُكِّرْتُمْ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ مُسْرِفُونَ Translation of the second ayah. And they said, your omen, i.e. face, is uh, with yourselves. It has be- it is because you were reminded, brother, you are a transgressing a people. Mm. So your fate is with you, and you have been reminded, or you are reminded, and you are a transgressive people. So this was all to highlight. The Shaykh was opening up this chapter with these ayat to highlight that there is no such thing as this evil omens and evil suspicions, uh, having these types of bad luck and good luck omens that they believed in. This was from their jahiliyyah, and there is no substance to that. Rather, their fate or what occurs to them, their decree is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the shaykh mentions the hadith of Abu Hurairah, رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا عدوى ولا طيرة ولا هامة ولا صفر أخرجاه This hadith which is in Al-Bukhari Al-Muslim mentions that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that there is لا عدوى العدوى it is when an illness is contagious a contagious type of illness, or meaning when the illness transfers from one to another. They used to believe that the illness transfers from one person to another, or from animal to animal, or from place to place, in of its own accord. They used to believe that these diseases and illnesses, they can transfer or move, from one place to another of its own, uh, from its own accord, by itself of its own doing. Rasul The Prophet isn't denying that illnesses can transfer. That can occur. Illnesses can transfer from one to the next, person to person, place to place. That can occur. التي كان يعتقدها أهل الجاهلية من أن المرض يتعدى بنفسه بدون تقدير الله سبحانه وتعالى. But this narration where it says that there is no transference, there is no transference of the diseases or illnesses, that doesn't mean that they don't actually occur. Yes, illnesses, diseases can transfer from person to person, but the negation in this hadith that they do not transfer is a negation of the aqidah they used to have in jahiliyyah, whereby they used to believe that these illnesses of their own accord are able to transfer themselves without the decree of Allah. They used to have this type of omen or evil suspicion or these doubts about illnesses, these omens that they believed in, that the illnesses can transfer themselves, self-transfer without the decree of Allah. That a person could become ill because the illness itself transfers itself without the decree of Allah for this person to become ill. So the Prophet ﷺ is negating this false aqidah 
that those illnesses do not transfer from place to place or from person to person except by the decree of Allah. فَالْعَدْوَى هِيَ إِنْتِقَالُ الْمَرَضِ مِنْ مَحَلِّ إِلَى مَحَلِّ بِسَبَبِ قُرْبِ الصَّحِيحِ مِنَ الْمَرِيضِ وَالْمُقَدِّرِ لَهَا وَالْمُقَدِّرِ لَهَا هُوَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى So an illness can transfer one person to another. Somebody who's ill with a disease, another person who's healthy, if he goes and mixes with that person, he may catch that disease. That can occur from the decree of Allah. But that is from the decree of Allah. Not how the people of Jahiliya used to think that the illness itself upon some type of omen is able to transfer without the decree of Allah. So that is what is being negated in this narration, that the illnesses and diseases do not transfer in that way. Rather, it is by the decree of Allah. Somebody could have an illness, severe illness. Another person who's healthy may go and be with that person and mix with him and come out and never catch the disease. It can be the case. Even with minor things, somebody has a cold, other people around him, a few of them afterwards may develop a cold too, having caught it from that person possibly by the decree of Allah. But other people in that same gathering may come out not catching the cold. So this is something from the decree of Allah that these illnesses would spread and not from the aqidah of jahiliyyah where they believed that the illnesses themselves have some ability to transfer without the decree of Allah. But in Jahiliyyah, they didn't accept this decree of Allah being the impact upon the illnesses spreading. They used to say that anybody who goes near to someone who is ill, then you will certainly be affected. You will certainly be uh, become ill with that disease. So they believe the disease in of itself spreads. There is no decree on that affair they believe. <coughs> Meaning that they believe the, degree, the, the illness itself moves itself from one person to another. So anybody healthy who goes in with that person who is ill will certainly catch it. That's what they used to believe. Walihada, however, it is not like that. It is though that by the decree of Allah it could happen. Maybe a few people go to visit that person. One of them may come out with the disease too. It's possible. But that is by the decree of Allah. So because it is possible by the decree of Allah, not the way of the Jahiliyyah, how they thought, the Prophet ﷺ did advise regarding these affairs. And he said that it is not permissible to mix or to go to a land where the plague is, for example. To go to a land where the plague is, then it is not permissible to do that. Because by the decree of Allah, you may end up catching the plague. It is contagious. But it is not contagious in of itself, meaning that you are guaranteed to catch it if you go there, because in of itself it can transfer. But rather, by the decree of Allah, it's possible you may catch it. So therefore the Prophet ﷺ warned against that, do not go to a land where the plague is. And similarly, if somebody is in a land where the plague has spread, the Prophet ﷺ forbade those people to exit from there. Because if you exit from there, again by the decree of Allah, it could spread and become contagious elsewhere by the decree of Allah. <coughs> so in order to prevent such spreads of diseases occurring by the decree of Allah, you stop the means of that occurring. Meaning that you prevent those people from exiting that place of disease. 
the place of plague and you stop people from going into the place of plague in order to prevent those or to stop those uh, or rather to take the means for that spreading to not occur. That is the better way to phrase it. To take the means that will prevent <coughs> that spread. So, هَذَا مِنْ أَخْذِ الْأَسْبَابِ لِلْوِقَايَةِ This is taking the means for protection. This is taking the means for protection. But as for going to a land where the plague is, you are now putting yourself into line of destruction. Possibly by the decree of Allah, you may well end up catching that plague and dying too. Hence, the Prophet ﷺ warned against those affairs. However, that is not to believe incorrectly like the people of Jahiliyyah believed that their illnesses and diseases transfer in of themselves. <coughs> so if you go to that place, a person who's ill, you will certainly catch it, they believed. And that is not the case. That is the first point the Shaykh makes in this hadith. The hadith mentions the transference of illnesses and that they do not occur of their own accord. Rather, it is by the decree of Allah. Secondly, the hadith says, وَلَا طَيْرَةً طَيْرَةً is this <coughs> suspicions, the omens and the suspicions. So here the Prophet ﷺ is warning against these omens and these suspicions. وَلَا تَتَطَيَّرُوا وَإِن كَانَ الْإِنسَانِ يَجِدُ فِي نَفْسِهِ شَيْئًا فَلَا يَمْنَعُهُ مَا يَجِدُ فِي نَفْسِهِ مِنَ الْمُضِيِّ وَالْعَزَمِ لِأَنَّ إِمَانَهُ سَيَسُوقُهُ بخلاف ضعيف الإيمان فإن التشاؤم يتغلب عليه فيتراجع ويكون هذا من الخلل في العقيدة وضعف التوكل على الله سبحانه وتعالى So the Shaykh says if a person wants to do something but then for whatever factors he starts to get pessimistic he sees something, some suspicions some evil omens that he thinks may be occurring and he becomes pessimistic and he doesn't do what he was planning on doing, this is from the weakness of that person. The weakness in his aqidah, the weakness in his trust in Allah. He do not allow suspicions and omens to stop you. When they talk about Friday the 13th, and they talk about the walking under the ladder, smashing the mirror and all of these affairs, those types of things are not omens that will bring you bad luck. So a person who stops himself from doing something because of those types of omens they believe in, then this is certainly a great weakness in his iman. If you find this type of belief or this type of feeling, the shaykh says, put your trust in Allah and continue with what you were going to do. Don't allow these types of affairs to prevent you. These suspicions, the shaykh says, ليس لها أصل. There is no origin to them. There is no basis to them. بخلاف العدوى As for the first affair, the transference of disease, there is a basis to it. Because by the decree of Allah, it can occur. But they went beyond the bounds and began to say it can occur by itself. As for this affair, suspicions and omens, there is no basis to it in the first place. Friday the 13th and walking under the ladder and the black cat and all these things, there is no basis to this whatsoever. إِنَّمَا هِيَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ these affairs are from the shaytan. فَهِيَ تَخَيُّلٌ مِنَ الْإِنسَانِ بِسَبَبْ وَسْوَسَةِ الشَّيْطَانِ So these are only imaginations a person has. Imaginations a person has because of the whisperings of the shaytan. Like some of these people who are genuinely, uh, genuinely confused by the shaytan over these suspicions. So if they walk under the ladder or if it's Friday the 13th, then they will be very wary of those days. 
And this is from the overcoming and the overwhelming of the shaitan upon them and on their imagination. There is no reality to these affairs. That's the second thing. The third thing in the narration says, Wala hama. The hama ta'irun yusammal buma. This is a bird known as the buma, which is uh, closely to the owl. What resembles the owl? What did they mention? Owl. The owl. bihi. And the Arabs, they used to take pessimism like omens with regards to the owl. إِذَا وَقَعَ عَلَى بَيْتِ أَحَدِهِمْ If the owl came and sat on the homes of one of them, they would consider this is some type of omen, some type of pessimistic thing to be taken. قَالْ نَعَا إِلَيَّ نَفْسِي أَوْ أَحَدًا مِنْ أَهْلِي كَانُوا يَتَشَاءَمُونَ بِهَا وَيَقُولُونَ الْبُومْ لَا يَقَعُ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَرَابِ They used to say that the owl only lands on the house of a person who is going to be destroyed. Now this indicates destruction for the person if the owl lands on your house. So this was an omen, evil suspicion they used to have, that there is no basis to it. Also, some of them used to believe, وَبَعَضُ أَهْلِ الْجَاهِلِيَّ يَزْعْمُونَ أَنَّهُ إِذَا قُتِلَ الْقَتِيلِ وَلَمْ يُؤْخَدْ لَهُ بِالثَّارِ فَإِنَّهُ يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ طَائِرٌ يُسَمَّ الْهَامَّةِ They used to say that if somebody was murdered, and you didn't go and take revenge for that person, somebody from your family, was murdered and you didn't go and take revenge for them, they used to believe in their jahiliya beliefs, that this bird exits from the, the body of that deceased murdered person, known as the hama. This particular bird exits from that person. And it makes a sound and it says, Asquni, Asquni, saying, take revenge for me, take revenge for me. This is what they used to believe, that a person who is murdered, uh, from your relatives or your family, and you don't take revenge for them, a bird exits from him and it comes and it says, Asquni, Asquni, literally meaning, give me some water to drink, quench me, quench me, i.e. take revenge for me, take revenge for me. So that is the third thing mentioned in this hadith, again, that there is no basis to that, it is complete falsehood. The fourth affair, Wala Safar. The Safar, here the scholars have two opinions what this means. Firstly, some of the scholars, they say it means the month of Safar. Because in the times of Jahiliyyah, they used to consider the month of Safar to be something bad luck. Like the people now say Friday the 13th. They used to say the month of Safar is bad luck. So they would not go traveling anywhere in that month. They wouldn't go out and open their business and try and do trade or new business deals in that month. They wouldn't marry in that month. Because they believed that it was a month of pessimism, a month of bad luck. So that is one meaning of it. The second meaning of suffer is, maradun yakunu fil ma'ida, an illness, a disease that used to occur in the stomach, a stomach type of illness. Yaz'amuna annahu yu'di ghayr al-musab bihi. They used to believe, again, like the same thing as the beginning that this illness of the stomach can transfer itself to other people, it can make itself contagious to other people. So they used to have these types of uh, omens that they believed in, these types of suspicions that they believed in. So all of this is being negated by the Prophet ﷺ in this particular narration. One more thing which is added on in the narration of Sahih Muslim, he mentions, Wala 
Buma. Awala no wala ghul. Two more additional things are mentioned in the narration of Sahih Muslim. One of them is a no. A no is the stars and the constellations. The stars and the constellations. And we spoke about that briefly already before. That some of them they used to believe that a particular star or constellations of stars and how the stars they rise and they set when they are apparent, when they are not visible and non-visible. They used to believe that they have an impact upon when the rain comes and when other uh, affairs occur upon this earth. They believed that the stars and the constellations have an impact upon the worldly ongoings. Things which happen on this earth, they said it's because of those stars and the star signs and the constellations. So that is being rejected in this hadith. يُسْنِدُونَ هَذَا إِلَى النُّجُومَ الْكَوَاكِبِ They used to attribute the affairs of this world to the star signs, the constellations, the way the stars, they appear and disappear. So the rainfall and the winds and various other affairs of the weather and other things, they used to say this is due to the stars. So this was something which is being negated also. أَمَّ هَذِهِ النُّجُومُ هَذِهِ الْكَوَاكِبِ فَإِنَّهَا لَا تُحْدِثُ شَيْئًا the stars and the constellations, etc., do not make anything. They do not do it. <coughs> if it so happens that it rains at the time of a particular constellation or star, that is simply the decree of Allah. Allah is the one who sends the rain. It is not due to the stars or the constellations that these affairs are occurring. So that is one thing. The second thing which is mentioned in this particular edition of Sahih Muslim, is wala ghul wala ghul ghul is the singular of ghailan al ghailan min a'mal shayateen tatashakkalu amam al-nas fil falawat the ghul is the sheikh says when the shayateen they make themselves into Basically, ghosts or ghost-like appearances, ghouls, out in the deserts and deserted places. So when they used to go traveling and they were out in the desert or some deserted place, they would see in the distance a shadow, a ghost-like appearance, a ghoul-like appearance. And that was the shayateen doing that. The shayateen were doing these types of affairs. خُصُوصًا إِذَا اسْتَوْحَشَ الْإِنسَانِ تَتَشَكَّلُ أَمَامَهُ so whenever a person, especially if he was out in the desert in some isolated place, then the shayateen would come and they would take on various appearances. Sometimes they might come and take the appearance of some beastly animal coming from the distance, or the appearance of some ghostly figure, some ghoulish figure. They would do these types of things out, especially in the isolated places, to misguide the people away from the path that they were traveling upon, make them run away in some other direction and get lost, etc. Uh, so some of the examples the Sheikh says is that they would uh, uh, perform the shayateen, They might make the appearance of a huge fire in front of them. A huge fire burning in front of them coming. 
That might be the appearance that these shayateen make in that distance coming towards these people, so they go in a different way and get lost. Oh, aswatan yasma'uha. The shayateen may, out in the deserts and these isolated places, make noises and sounds. So these travelers hear these noises and sounds and they can't see anything. These ghostly, ghoulish noises and uh, sounds. Or other things from amongst the different types of affairs that they used to do. وَلِهَذَا يَقُولُ صلى الله عليه وسلم, And for this reason the Prophet said, إِذَا, إِذَا تَغَوَّلَتِ الْغَيَلَانِ فَبَادِرُوا بِالْأَذَانِ That if these types of ghoulish appearances occur, then make the adhan. يَعْنِي أَنَّهُ إِذَا تَغَوَّلَ الْغُولِ أَمَامَكَ فَبَادِرْ إِلَى ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Meaning that if these ghoulish appearances occur, these spirits or ghost-like things or fires or other things, beastly animals that you apparently seem to see, then do the remembrance of Allah. Be hasty with the adhan, i.e. the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the remembrance of Allah and the recitation of the Qur'an, these types of affairs will cause those shayateen to flee. The ones who are making these ghoulish appearances or these fires or these beasts appearing in front of you, they will flee upon the remembrance of Allah. So that is what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to do. If you apparently see these things, these ghoulish things, if you're alone, isolated in the desert, etc. وَكَانُوا فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ يَعْتَقِدُونَ فِي هَذِهِ الْغَيَلَانِ أَنَّهَا تُحْدِثُ لَهُمْ شَرَّا in the times of Jahiliyyah, they used to believe that these ghouls can make evil occur to them. The people used to believe that these ghoulish type of figures, these uh, shayateen, they can make evil upon you. One Nabi nafahada, and the Prophet negated that. وقال, and he clarified that there is no reality to that. And there is no basis to that. وَهِيَ أَعْمَالْ شَيْطَانِيَّةِ They are satanic works. These things which occur are from the actions of the shayateen. لَا تَضَرُّ أَحَدًا إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ They will not harm anyone except by the decree of Allah. They will not harm anyone themselves, these shayateen, doing what they are doing. وَذَكَرَ لَهَا عِلَاجًا شَافِيًا And the Prophet ﷺ gave a comprehensive cure. Remedy for this, and that is dhikrullah, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are illnesses from the times of jahiliyyah that the Prophet ﷺ remedied in these narrations by nullifying all of those types of false beliefs and omens that they used to have. The next narration says, وَلَهُمَا عَنْ أَنَسْ قَالْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ لَا عَدْوَى وَلَا طَيْرَى وَيُعْجِبُنِي الْفَأْلِ قَالُوا وَمَا الْفَأْلِ قَالَ الْكَلِمَةُ الطَّيِّبَةِ Similarly in this hadith again the Prophet says, لَا عَدْوَى There is no transference of diseases in of themselves. That is something which is by the decree of Allah. وَلَا طَيْرَى Again repeated that there is no suspicions and omens. But then the Prophet ﷺ says, وَيُعْجِبُنِي الْفَأْلِ Optimism pleases me. The Prophet ﷺ said, Optimism pleases me. The narration they mentioned, the translation. The good omen is the good word. 
the good omen, i.e. you say the optimism. The optimism in the affairs, having a good outlook on the affairs, putting your trust in Allah, that is what is pleasing. So to have the optimism and to consider that it will be good and to put your trust in Allah, that is what the Prophet ﷺ pleased him. That's what pleased him. As for the bad suspicions, the evil omens, the pessimism, then that did not used to please the Prophet ﷺ and that is what is false. So ta'meelul khair matloob. Having optimism is something good and it's something that a person should do. As for pessimism and omens and evil suspicions, that is prohibited. Because that is su'udhan billah. That is having evil suspicions of Allah. Wal-fa'al husnudhan billah. As for optimism, then that is having good thoughts of Allah. Good thoughts that the goodness will occur and being optimistic about the affairs and putting the trust in Allah. So the Prophet says, from this optimism is al-kalima at-tayyibah. Meaning you say some good words to someone, some encouraging words, some optimistic words, that brings about encouragement and optimism in people. So the, the good word, the, the righteous word, the pious word, the upright word, the encouraging word, that type of thing, it causes the people to become encouraged and to be optimistic about their affairs. Or even if somebody sees somebody righteous, you see someone righteous come to you or visit you or in your gathering, that could be a means of uh, finding some uh, uh, enlightenment in terms of your situation, finding some encouragement, some optimism in your outlook in affairs. And that you therefore have the good thoughts of Allah. فَهَذَا أَمْرٌ طَيِّبٌ This is something good. So optimism in this way used to please the Prophet for example, if the Prophet ﷺ heard a good name, a positive name, with a strong, good, positive meaning to it, somebody with that name, then this would be something for uh, optimism, to hear that good name, that would be something to bring about some encouragement and optimism in of yourself. أو كلمة طيبة أو مر بمكان طيب إن شرح صدره ﷺ من حسن الظن بالله جل وعلا or if the Prophet ﷺ went by some good location, some location where there is piety, righteousness, worship example, then that would bring about some enlightenment in his heart, meaning bring about some optimism and good thoughts uh, regarding that. Then Abu Dawood mentions, عن عقبة بن عامر قال, ذُكِرَتِ الطَّيْرَ عِنْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقَالْ أَحْسَنُهَا الْفَأْلِ وَلَا تَرُدُّ مُسْلِمًا فَإِذَا رَأَى أَحَدُكُمْ مَا يَكْرَهُ فَلْيَقُلْ اللَّهُمَّ لَا يَأْتِي بِالْحَسَنَاتِ إِلَّا أَنْتَ وَلَا يَدْفَعُ السَّيِّئَاتِ إِلَّا أَنْتَ وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِكَ In this hadith, The Prophet ﷺ said, or rather Uqbat ibn Amr says, that these omens were mentioned to the Prophet ﷺ. These omens were mentioned to the Prophet ﷺ. And when they were mentioned to him, he said, The best of all of these affairs is the optimism. As for the pessimism and the evil omens and the suspicions, they are all false. But from these affairs, what is good is the optimism. 
That you see something good and it brings optimism in you. You hear something good, it brings optimism in you. That is good. But the evil suspicions and the omens, then that is impermissible. فَإِذَا رَأَ أَحَدُكُمْ So the Prophet ﷺ said, or first he said, وَلَا تَرُدُّ مُسْلِمًا These omens and suspicions, they do not stop a Muslim from doing something. If you wanted to do something, then don't get stopped by some evil suspicion or evil bad luck thing, omen that you believe in or that you see. Believing in that is not permissible, of course. So you cannot believe in it. But if you see something of that nature that you were aware of from before, then do not allow that to stop you in your steps. Rather, you put your trust in Allah and you continue. Bad omens and suspicions have no basis. فَلَا تَرُدُّ مُسْلِمًا These things do not stop a Muslim. فَإِذَا رَأَ أَحَدُكُمْ مَا يَكْرَهُ If you see something that you dislike, something which may bring about pessimism to you, may bring about bad thoughts that maybe you shouldn't be doing something, if you see something of that nature, then say, Allahumma la yati bil hasanat illa ant. That oh Allah, nobody brings the goodness except you. Wala yadfa'u sayyiat illa ant. And nobody removes the bad except you. Wala hawla wala quwwata illa bik. And there is no uh, will or ability to do anything except by you. So this dua, a person, he says this. He says this in order to remove any type of evil suspicion or omen that he sees, <coughs> that he thinks may impact upon him. Then he makes this dua that Allah is the one who brings the good and Allah is the one who removes the bad and there is nothing that can be done except by Allah. Then Abu Mas'ud mentioned, At-Tayra Shirk. These omens, these suspicions, it is shirk. At-Tayra Shirk. He repeated it again, At-Tayra is shirk. وَمَا مِنَّا إِلَّا And then he goes on to mention, and there is none of us except, وَلَكِنْ اللَّهُ يُذْهِبُهُ بِالتَّوَكُّلِ Except that Allah removes it by putting the trust in Him. So if a person feels some pessimism, a person sees something which may have some pessimistic uh, impact upon him, then... That is removed, that pessimism is removed, that bad feeling is removed by putting your trust in Allah. Having tawakkal upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, putting your trust into Allah, then that is what removes any of these suspicions and evil doubts. So everybody, something may happen and you feel a bit pessimistic about things, you feel like maybe this is not a good sign, but these types of things when they occur and you're doing something, then don't allow that to stop you. When that occurs, make this dua, put your trust in Allah. فَإِذَا رَأَى الْإِنسَانِ شَيْءٍ يَكْرَهُ يَقَعُ فِي نَفْسِهِ شَيْءٍ لِأَنَّهُ لَا يَقْدِرْ عَلَى رَدِّ هَذَا So if you see something bad, maybe it impacts on your soul. You see something bad and it impacts upon your soul in a pessimistic, in a bad way. But then that you are not held accountable upon. If you see something bad and it has a negative impact on you, you're not held accountable upon that. But rather what you then say is you put your trust in Allah and you don't allow these things to stop you in your actions, in what you were doing, in uh, the obedience, what you were performing, whatever that may be. You don't allow these suspicions or whatever you saw from the negative things to have the negative impact upon you such that it stops you. فَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى يُذْهِبُهُ بِالتَّوَكُّلِ 
Allah removes that type of negativity by having the trust in Him. فَالْمُؤْمِنُ يَتَوَكَّلُ عَلَى اللَّهِ A believer puts his trust in Allah, وَلَا يَذَرُّهُ مَا وَقَعَ فِي نَفْسِهِ And whatever negativity fell into you then from this affair that you saw will not affect you. وَيَذْهَبُ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ إِذَا تَوَكَّلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ And it will go inshaAllah as long as you put your trust in Allah. Then there is the final narration from Imam Ahmad, the hadith of Ibn Amr. مَنْ رَدَّتْهُ الطَّيْرَ عَنْ حَاجَتِهِ فَقَدْ أَشْرَكْ Whomsoever turns back from what he was going to do because of some evil suspicion or omen, then he's committed shirk. Whomsoever turns back from what he was going to do, what his affair was, due to some of these omens or suspicions, then he's committed shirk. How do they translate it? If anyone stops doing something because of believing in an omen, then he has committed an act of shirk. So if anybody stops doing anything because of a belief in some omen, then they have committed shirk. قَالُوا فَمَا كَفَّارَةُ ذَلِكَ they said, how do you expiate that then? قَالْ أَن تَقُولُوا He said, you say, اللَّهُمَّ لَا خَيْرَ إِلَّا خَيْرَكْ وَلَا طَيْرَ إِلَّا طَيْرَكْ وَلَا إِلَهَ غَيْرَكْ That, oh Allah, there is no goodness except the goodness from you, and there is no omen or any of these things apart from what is decreed by you, and there is no other deity besides you. In English, they say, Oh Allah, there is no good but yours, and no omen. But it comes from you, and there's no deity but you. Mm-hmm. So you make this dua to highlight your trust in Allah, that there is nothing which will occur except by the decree of Allah. And that is like in the hadith. The hadith when the Prophet said, وَعَلَمْ لَوْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ اِجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَذُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَذُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ أَوَا كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ that if all of the ummah got together, all of them from the beginning to the end, to harm you, they would not be able to harm you unless it was something decreed by Allah. So these omens, these suspicions, whatever they may be, they cannot harm you. So how do you therefore remove these types of feelings and thoughts? The shaykh mentions three things. One is to have complete trust in Allah, to have absolute tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the second is to carry on. Do what you are going to do. Don't stop. Don't become negative and pessimistic because of something you see. Carry on and continue with what you are going to do. Thirdly, dua. Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep you firm. And make dua to Allah as it's mentioned here that you are the one who brings the good and you are the one who removes the bad. And there is nothing, no power, no ability except with you. So a person... He puts his trust in Allah, he carries on with what he was doing, and he makes dua to Allah, all of this affirming his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this dua is also mentioned as well, Allahumma la khayra illa khayrak, wa la tayra illa tayrak, wa la ilaha ghayrak. That there is no goodness except the goodness from you, and there is no omen except what you decree, and there is no other deity except you. Meaning there is no other to be worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the three affairs that the Shaykh summarizes a person should do in times of feeling any negativity, in times of coming across anything which may feel like some omen or bad luck, that you put your trust in Allah, you put your dependence in Allah, you carry on with what you are going to do, and you make this dua that is mentioned, and that is how the believer behaves, and not like those who are weak, 
weak to the level that when these omens or something occurs, it stops them from doing what they are doing. They believe bad luck will occur to them. That is not from the way of the believer. That is from the ways of shirk. So from next week, we'll start the new chapter. The new chapter which is more specifically about the stars and the star constellations. The stars and astrology and the constellations and what is uh, uh, mentioned regarding that and the type of shirk that the people have done from the olden days to our time with regards to the sun and the moon and the stars. And what is permissible with regards to the stars. So that, inshallah, is what we'll discuss next week in the lesson. Um, Make sure that you're signed up to the text messages, give your numbers and things, and the Twitter account, so that you're up to date with when the lesson is. Because sometimes it slightly changes depending on Maghrib time, before, after. So give your numbers to the brother so you get the text messages, and follow on the Twitter so you are aware of what time the lesson is, inshallah. So we'll conclude there for now. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.